This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. As we welcome in the... uh... <laughs> Beat writer for the Sacramento Kings over at the Sacramento Bee. Of course, he's the host of the Candlestick Chronicles uh, as well. Our man, Chris Biederman. I want to mention one thing before we dive into uh, Kings and 49ers with our man, Chris, here. The Deion Sanders conversation was probably a little too much to try to squeeze in there when a couple minutes with Kamara. Mm-hmm. That's probably a conversation that could have gone on for hours yeah. uh, as it's gone on there's, for days. There's so many different layers to it. There man. are, and it was uh, irresponsible of me to kind of plug that into the time s- slot that we had it, but we'll, uh, you know, we were discussing important things like old Saved by the Bell episodes and, <laughs> and, and, and stuff like that. But. And I meant to say, uh, somebody mentioned Eddie Winslow getting jumped by the Dragons. That was classic. I saw Eddie, Eddie Winslow at Lions downtown. Uh, like 10 years that's ago. That's believable. Yeah. That's absolutely I was in believable. Lions after the club, and I was like, <laughs> yeah. is that Eddie Winslow? Yeah, that's yeah he was right in the booth right right across from As long me. as he wasn't singing, man, it's fine. Baby, baby, oh, baby, 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 baby. Please stop. Please stop. Please stop. We welcome in our man, Chris Biederman. Chris, let's start with let's start with the 49ers because they're, 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 they're topical right. today. Uh, no claim put out on Baker Mayfield. It's look looks like it's Brock Purdy or bust here moving forward. What are your expectations for Brock Purdy uh, heading into this, this stretch of games? You know, I still think that the 49ers are going to be a tough out sort of regardless, right? And and the thing that stands out to Brock Purdy is in many ways he's the anti-Trey Lance in terms of, you know, he started 48 games in college, right? Trey Lance started 19. The big question about Trey Lance is, you know, fundamentals. Like, can he fundamentally get his feet underneath him? Can he be an accurate passer? And that generally comes with time. Well, you don't have any of those questions with Brock Purdy, right? Like, he moves efficiently inside the pocket. Like, I think quarterback nerds appreciate the footwork and tying his feet to the way he's reading the field and getting the ball out quickly. Like, all that stuff is there. The reason why Brock Purdy was such a late-round pick is because he's not particularly athletic and he doesn't have a particularly strong arm, right? But in terms of playing the position, I think Brock Purdy can can do it at a level to the point where the 49ers with the top defense in the league, with their really good group of skill players who excel at, at getting yards after the catch, Brock Purdy can do enough to help the 49ers win games. I, I certainly don't think, you know, the ceiling is as high as it would have been with Jimmy Garoppolo, but you know, one thing I've said a few different times, like you look around the league and teams are winning without elite quarterback play in a way that feels a little bit unique to this season, right? Mm-hmm. Like aside from the Chiefs and the Bills, it doesn't feel like every team, you know, the, the Minnesota Vikings are winning games with Kirk Cousins, right? Playing at a at a fine level, right? Mm-hmm. He's he's okay. Daniel Jones is is uh, is helping the Giants win a bunch of games. He's not playing great, right? The New York Jets are in the playoffs despite 
their quarterback situation being a mess, right? Like there, there are situations around the league that say, you know, you can win games and be a, a tough football team to beat if your quarterback is not one of the top five guys. And I think that's, that's kind of unique to this season and because we're always used to like looking at every team and saying, all right, who's got the best quarterback because that's the team that we generally like the most. I think this year, particularly in the NFC, it's a little bit different and we're seeing more team football uh, succeed throughout the NFL and good coaching and deep rosters and strong defensive play and, and even the return of the running game a little bit. So in that sense, I think the 49ers are still pretty Whoa. well set up. Uh-huh. Whoa. Break the glass. Whoa. Break the glass. Chris, I am sorry. <laughs> Aaron Judge to the San Francisco Let's go. 49ers. Let's go. Well, to the Giants. Let's go. Giants. Let's go. My Let's go, baby. goodness. We've been talking about this for months. Let's go, baby. Come on. Wow. Come on, baby. Aaron Let's Judge go. Let's to go. the San Francisco Let's Giants. Let's go. Wow. I thought you were just really impressed with my Brock Purdy take. No, that was solid. I don't know which one I'm more excited about. Chris, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Welcome home. But Aaron Judge has signed with the San Francisco Giants. Welcome home. My goodness, Welcome man. home. Wow. Let's they go. did right, it. Doesn't it? Let's go. We back. They did it. We back. Hey, hey, hey. Where's Stringer at? Where's Stringer okay. at? Okay. All right. Where's oh, Stringer okay. at? All right. I want you to put the word out right. there. Yep. We back up. Yeah. Understand me? You understand me? We back up. We back All up. All right. We back up. We will. Uh, Let's go. Make sure, make sure he gets a float at the Niners uh, Super Bowl parade. Let's go. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh boy. We will. Uh, we'll keep you updated as the details of of Aaron Judge's contract with the the San Francisco Giants comes in. Uh, we'll pass him along to you. But man, that's that's something. Aaron Judge uh, to the San Francisco Giants. Uh, Chris, I'm sorry. You were discussing <laughs> no, Brock good. Purdy. <laughs> You were, you're good. You're yeah, no, some really good quarterbacks. <laughs> you were third, you were discussing Brock Purdy in this moment, and I I interrupted you. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, look, if the Giants needed anything, it was it was a guy that you could center the lineup around, yeah. and in that ballpark where it's typically hard to hit homers, like you need a guy who just has more power than the average power hitter, right? So yeah. that cool barrier air, like we saw Barry Bonds do it. You need to have elite power to hit home runs there, and they just got a guy with elite power. Let's and go. he happens to be from California. Let's so go. Uh, Aaron Judge to the Giants. Thought it was a pipe dream 16 months ago. Now he's here. Let's go, man. Well, they make enough money, man. Like, how many Panda hats have they sold? Not many like, as of late. Yeah, it's about time. Uh, as of late. Yeah, but just it's about in general, time. like, they're, they've been a cash cow for a long time just sitting at that ballpark. So, yeah. I, yeah. Let's go. Happy Let's go. for Giants fans. As an A's fan, you know, well, you, I'll, guys, I'll, you guys should just come to Sacramento. I'll continue to regret my decision I made when I was a kid. But man, <laughs> good for the Giants. Happy for Giants fans. Hey, uh, back to the Niners. Okay. So Brock Purdy in the in the preseason, there wasn't a lot, but there was some buzz about him. Like people were like, "Oh, I kind of like what I see in camp. I like the way he plays." I didn't see it, Chris. I, I didn't think he was bad, but I wasn't like, oh, yeah, I got to see more of this guy. He just looked like a regular run-of-the-mill quarterback to me, run-of-the-mill sixth, seventh-round quarterback. On Sunday, he impressed me. I, I, it wasn't like he was great. He wasn't phenomenal, but he showed a level of poise. He showed a level of leadership. He he made some legit throws, and I thought his, his shining moment of that game 
was that drive before the half. He made some really good throws and really good decisions there. Did your perception change at all from preseason Brock Purdy to what you saw on Sunday? Yeah, I watched a lot of 49ers training camp this year, and Brock Purdy definitely had some moments where he was like, oh, that was, that was a nice throw, or this is, this is a nice little series of reps for him. But it never really felt like this guy's actually pushing Nate Sudfeld for the backup job, right? And mm-hmm. I remember um, sort of being surprised during, I think it was a Vikings preseason game, to hear Greg Papa and, and Tim Ryan on the broadcast talk about, like, oh, it's an actual competition for the backup spot. And I was kind of like, stop. Like, you know, they guaranteed – Nate Sudfeld money like that just doesn't really track and then as time goes on you start to like look at Brock Purdy like okay he's kind of like Nick Mullins and then but he's played a lot of football like he was a you know he turned down a chance to go to Alabama to Mm -hmm. to play at Iowa State where he had a more clear path to start obviously um so seeing it now it makes sense and Kyle Shanahan said it on his conference call yesterday that he understood that Brock Purdy sort of, sort of had a moxie and, and fearless level to his play in OTAs, like in June. And in the very few reps that he would get, there was a level of fearlessness and anticipation and the willingness to stand in the face of pressure, albeit at practice, but stand in the face of pressure and make throws, which is really important to succeed in the NFL because we see a lot of guys, um, you know, there's maybe a, maybe a quarterback who plays in, in Las Vegas who doesn't love contact. And they can be really good, but when they start getting rattled a little bit, and maybe you could say the same about Tua because he looked a little skittish in that game as the pass rush started to get more and more after him. But that that's a really important trait in the NFL, and, and Brock Purdy has it. Now, mm-hmm. does that mean that, you know, he's he <laughs> he's going to be great? He's going to put up, you know, 250 yards a game and not throw any interceptions? I don't know. We'll see. Um, but he's in, you know, he said it about Trey Lance. He said it about Jimmy Garoppolo he's in about as good of a situation as a quarterback can be in. And mm-hmm. so um, that's what Kyle Shannon calling plays. That's what the skill guys around him. That's what Trent Williams is your left tackle. The interior of the offensive line obviously has question marks. Certainly the right side of the offensive line might as, might, might as well too. Um, but otherwise, it's a really favorable position to be in for a quarterback. And I think Brock Purdy, in terms of fundamentals, in terms of how experienced he is, in terms of the confidence that he plays with, he can play well enough to to make the 49ers a difficult team to beat. Are they going to win a, a 43 to 40 shootout? Probably not. But can they win some games, you know, 20 to 20 to 14? Those 17 to, to 23 games that we see the 49ers play so often over the years? Like, yeah, I think I think that that's a possibility. He just can't turn the ball over. To me, that's the biggest thing with Brock Purdy. If he's not turning the ball over, the 49ers are going to be in a decent spot. But if he is, then it's like, okay, this this season might end a lot earlier than people expected. Perhaps Aaron Judge is not going to the San Francisco, 49, uh, San Francisco Giants. I really wish I'd stop doing that. John Heyman, who reported that <laughs> Aaron Judge was going to the Giants, has not only deleted the tweet, but said the Giants say they have not heard on Aaron Judge. My apologies for jumping the gun. Oh, yeah. My apologies for jumping the gun is going to go over really, really well. Oh, John. Now, this this is hilarious. This is this is absolutely hilarious. He's going to the Giants. It's I a done so deal. Yeah. Uh, Susan Slusser, who I think she's with the Chronicle, she tweeted yeah. four minutes ago. She says, Buzz in the lobby is Judge is going to sign with the Giants. I'm assuming she's at the meetings. And she says, apparently decision was made in the last 30 minutes. 
John Heyman just somebody probably told him, "Yo, chill, just mm-hmm. calm down." Judge is going to the Giants. Yeah, Let's you, go. can't, you can't delete that <laughs> tweet, go. man. You can't. He tweeted it first with a typo, which I'm sympathetic <laughs> of because I've said the San Francisco 49ers twice, which it really pissed me <laughs> off the first time. So the whole time Chris Biederman was talking, it was in my head that I said San Francisco 49ers. Uh, and, and, and so I'm sympathetic with that. Tweets it again. It goes crazy. And then he deletes it. <laughs> I am with you. I'm of the belief that uh, Aaron Judge is, in fact, going to the San Francisco Giants. When it's official, uh, we will bring that to you. Uh, Chris, who's just a passenger in this whole mess, um, obviously everyone thinks extremely high of the San Francisco 49ers defense, and that's why they're of the belief that a a last pick in the draft rookie – can step in and fill the void of 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 uh, uh, of Jimmy Garoppolo, who, as KC has said, a number of people said, never was really asked to do very much. But to me, that expectation is pretty high. If you're just asking this young man to come in, hey, don't worry, we'll take care of you. Just don't make any mistakes. That's a that's a, again for the last pick in the draft. That that's that's pretty tough to me, Chris. Yeah, it is tough. And, you know, there isn't a a long history or really any history of a guy drafted in the seventh round having any sort of sustainable playoff success. Mm -hmm. Um, So we will have to see. And we've had a small sample size, right? Like you remember when Jimmy Garoppolo came into that Seahawks game week two, played really well. And then the next week was an absolute stinker in Denver. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that was largely attributed to the, the Broncos have a really good defense, but also in that. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't get any training camp reps throughout throughout the preseason. Um, so Brock Purdy's been in the building the whole time. He hasn't been getting any reps because he's been the third string quarterback, or, or I guess the backup quarterback for a while now. But backups don't get reps at practice. They, you know, maybe one or two, but mostly running against the scout team. You know, Fred Warner talked up the idea that Brock Purdy's been practicing against the the number one defense in the league, and that's helped build his confidence. We'll see. I mean, Nick Bose is not not hitting him, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's not taking some of the hits that that Tua took on Sunday. So yeah, it's it's definitely a big ask. But in terms of, like I said, situationally, like hand the ball off a bunch. You know, they have a loaded box. Throw a screen to Debo Samuel or Christian McCaffrey. Maybe that alleviates some of the pressure in the loaded boxes that he's going to see. Maybe they, you know, but the the 49ers challenging the edges of the defense prevents defenses from loading the middle of the field, which is where we know um, a lot of those passes like to go. But, like, we'll see. I mean, I, you know, I'm generally optimistic just about the 49ers team as a whole because I think defensively, special teams-wise, in terms of, like, Mitch Wisnowski, you know, being able to flip field position and and them not allowing return yards. And Robbie Gold's in a nice little groove right now, too. Um, he bailed him out of that really ugly looking drive at the end of the fourth quarter on Sunday by hitting that long field goal. But um, just team wise, I think they can prop up Brock Purdy to be a tough out. And can Brock Purdy win them a game where he has to pass 40 times? I would not trust that. But if if Brock Purdy's passing it 25 to 30 times and you're running the ball 35 to 40 times, then I, I think you can play to your defense, play to your special teams and and just be a really tough team to beat. Chris, that defense, 
that 49ers defense, <laughs> when you look at those tweets from like CBS Sports and see the rankings first in this, first in that, first in this, first in that. And they had one of the biggest tests of the season on Sunday. And uh, it started off a little rocky, but boy, did they bounce back um, <laughs> and, and make sure that they solidified everything that had been written about them before. Usually in those situations, Chris, I usually say, like, I don't know what it is. The defense usually, when you got a defense versus top flight offense, they usually, the defense is the one that, that comes out ahead. Um, it happened this way on Sunday. Do you think it was 49ers or was it an off day from Tua? I think it was both. I think Tua was definitely bad. He definitely missed a lot of open receivers, and, and some of his receivers probably should have made – some of those catches too. Um, but no, Tua wasn't good. And I think he was pretty clearly rattled um, probably from the fact that he was missing his, you know, three starting offensive linemen, including his two starting tackles against one of the best pass rushes in the league. Um, but no, I, I generally think the 49ers defense is elite. It deserves all the, all the praise it's been getting, but one area that I would be concerned with, and I wonder if they will make this change at some point, is Tayshawn Gibson going to be the free safety or, or is Jimmy Ward going to move back there at like at any point? Because that first play of the game when Gibson just got burned uh, by Trent Sherfield and then you saw the, the end zone, the end zone view, he wasn't even in the screen like, oh, Tayshawn Gibson might not be fast at all. Mm. And we sort of saw that show up in the Kansas City Chiefs game. And Jimmy Ward's a team captain who basically lost his spot due to injury and is now playing in the nickel. And sure, I guess you can make a case that uh, the best four or five guys you have in the secondary or the best five or six includes having Gibson at free safety and Jimmy Ward in the slot, whereas there might be a big drop-off if you have Jimmy Ward at free safety and Samuel Womack or Diamador Lenore in the slot. But that free safety position is really, really important. And we've seen Talano Hufanga make some bad reads in recent games where he's jumping to a different route and getting beat behind him where a cornerback is expecting help in the middle of the field and, and Hufanga hasn't been there to, to provide it. That happened in the Tyreek Hill touchdown. That happened against the Chargers. Um, so, you know, the Niners' safeties, to me, probably the Achilles heel at this point with Eric Armstead back, it, it sort of felt like maybe the interior pass rush wasn't as good as the 49ers would need it to be. But Armstead is is back and solidifying that. And then so I would look at maybe the Achilles heel of this 49ers offense being the safety spot. And I, I'm very curious to see over these final five games if Jimmy Ward does go back there, because I I, I think it's fair to say Jimmy Ward's one of the better free safeties in the league. And it's a little bit wild to me that that he lost a spot as a team captain to injury. And I, I would try to shore that up because if they're going to make hay in the playoffs, they can't have they can't be giving up big plays like that, like they did on Sunday against the Dolphins. Hey, Chris, no lie. I saw that play and I didn't see I, I guess I was just out of the loop and I didn't see Jimmy Worth. I was like, dang, he must have got hurt in pregame or pulled something or something like that. And then halfway through the first quarter I see him make a tackle I mean he's not hurt and he wasn't back there at safety no 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 they need I agree with you they need to end this little yeah. experiment or whatever they're doing now put my boy Jimmy Ward back at safety yeah yeah I would I would agree and maybe you can get creative with it um you know maybe you can have Jimmy Warded back there at base and then maybe play in the slot and sub packages or whatever but I 
I would just be leery of that because Gibson's lack of speed and he's, he's had a really nice season and he's played really good football for them. Um, particularly since he was just signed a couple weeks before the start of the regular season. And he's been starting for, you know, the best defense in football, mm-hmm. but at, in the playoffs, you're, you're not going to have that margin for error. You can't particularly Brock Purdy is your starting quarterback. You're not going to be able to give up one or two of those big plays which the 49ers have. And so if there's one thing that, th- that they need to button up, I would say it's that spot. And, you know, Jimmy Ward is, is a really good safety. And maybe you're asking a lot of him too to change positions a second time this season. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, he talked to him about it. Like he hasn't gotten, he, he moved to the slot after not getting any slot reps. He, he's been only a free safety the last few years. And now, you know, now he's practicing exclusively in the slot. So maybe it would be a little bit of a transition for him to get back to free safety and all those reps in practice. But I think the best, the best version of the 49ers defense includes Jimmy Ward at free safety. And that's just my opinion. I'm not going to sit here and tell you guys I'm smarter than D'Amico Ryans, but I do think their safety play is something to keep an eye on. You good if we go to the Kings here for a minute? Yeah, yeah. let's do it. Okay. I, I, I do want to mention John Heyman and Aaron Judge have just destroyed Twitter. <laughs> just absolutely destroyed it. Because this is like the best moment in baseball in the last 25 years. This is like NBA Twitter Major League Baseball edition. Andy Martino tweeted, as of 5.22 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, the Yankees have not been told that they are out on Aaron Judge. It's 2.39. <laughs> it is not 5.22 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. John Heyman and, 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 and Aaron Judge got everybody all flustered here on this little bird app. Goodness Maybe he gracious. means Eastern Time. I'm guessing that's exactly what he means. But he wrote Pacific Standard Time, and this is as good as Arson Judge uh, and Aaron Judge signing with the 49ers. Um, the Chris Biederman effect with the with the Sacramento Kings, though. Oh, it's real. That's it's the real. real deal. Like, you got all of these beat writers with these losing records, but Not in him. comes Chris Biederman, <laughs> and we've him. got winning streaks all over the place. Uh, the bounce back started with Indiana. They've won a couple of since then, headed out on this six-game road trip. Uh, what do you think about the the Sacramento Kings over the last three games? We've seen them get really comfortable at home, right? And then we saw them, they had that tough back-to-back, Memphis and Atlanta. Um, and uh, they lost the third game of that trip I'm blanking on right now. Boston. But yeah, Boston. Uh, Boston. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. right. Yeah, they lost in Boston. So going out on the road is going to be a really a really good test for this team because so much of what they do offensively is about rhythm and timing and shooting well and all that stuff and that's generally the stuff that's harder to replicate on the road so that that's sort of the the stuff i'm i'm really interested to see can they can they survive um a six game road trip you know we saw the bulls when the bulls played the kings here they they were playing at the end of a, a six game road trip and that can be really taxing on a team all the travel all the cities all the hotels all, all of that stuff yeah. um so one thing that we can say about the kings to this point they've played a lot of home games and they've played pretty well at home but are they going to you know continue playing at that level consistently on the road i know they have um a couple back to backs coming up um, I'm going to be with them in Toronto and Detroit. Nice. Um, nice. And that'll that'll be interesting, you know, just, just to see. I mean, how they stack up against Milwaukee on the road tomorrow night is is going to be a really interesting test. And how do they how do they manage Giannis defensively? Because I do think the biggest issue they have defensively, while they've been better, is just rim protection. Mm-hmm. And you have to play Domas 
all the time. Like he's he's the hub of their offense essentially. And the the downside of having him on the floor is you don't get that rim protection. So do you how do you make up for it in different ways? Do you you know Mike Brown talks about needing to have the guys per, per, uh, on the perimeter play on a string and they're you know the help to always be there and it just not having that rim protection makes it a little bit harder on all your perimeter defenders. So, you know, how is Keegan going to handle guarding Giannis when, when he's matched up with him? Um, Harrison Barnes is, is a, a fine defender, but obviously Giannis is a, is a completely different type of animal and athlete. And so that's, that's going to be a, a real challenge for the Kings. And, and can they manage to stay locked in on their shooters um, in Milwaukee? So that's, that's to me, is going to be fascinating about this game. Can they contain Giannis enough? to where they, they can they can stay in it because offensively like if they play well offensively they can hang with anybody but if they're not getting stops on that end and Giannis is obviously really hard to stop then they're you know they're going to have a hard time winning some of these games against the elite teams on the road in the east Chris it's a, a simple yes or no I have a theory in new, in lieu of the new news of Jimmy's uh, non Liz Frank that he's coming back for wild card weekend do you think yes or no it happens <laughs> I just expect the most extreme scenario possible with the 49ers at all times. <laughs> so like you could tell me Brock Purdy wins in the Super Bowl and Brock Purdy ends up being the franchise guy going forward. You can tell me Jimmy comes there back after, you know, two months off and wins them an NFC championship game in the Super Bowl. I'd believe that like, you know, it's everything with the 49ers is just operating at like crazy extremes. So the wildest thing possible is what I expect to happen. And Jimmy coming back would not surprise me at all, particularly given how doom and gloom everything felt on Sunday. You heard it here first. There you go. Brock Purdy, San Francisco 49ers <laughs> franchise quarterback. He's our franchise. That's Chris Biederman. Uh, Chris, we appreciate you as always. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.